Hello and welcome to episode 36 of A Beer with Sam and Peter. I'm still Sam and he's still Peter and we're just a little bit a little bit more damp <laughs> than we oh, were yeah, last we, time we were to us. We're in the monsoonal rain season in uh, sweet Brisbane, Australia. It does feel um, like it, yeah. Despite the fact that it's summer is over. Yeah. Um, no one told the ra- told the rain. No one told that. the rain. It was supposed yeah. to rain in summer, and it, and it like it was one of the hottest summers. Yeah, ever. it was. It was. It's been it raining was, for like fucking unbearable a while now, um, on and off. Except today, it's just been pretty much on. Yeah. Well, although in Brisbane, I know you were up the coast. In Brisbane, it was raining pretty much all weekend. Yeah, I was at on Friday. I had a lovely weekend. Talking about our, our weekends, I went surfing. I did um, sweet fuck all and watched the entirety of Iron Fist. Nice. <laughs> that was my Saturday. No, I went, I, <laughs> where I was, um, it only rained at night. So it was, it was really good, actually. Yeah. And it meant that it was still sort of a rainy kind of weekend. So no one in Brisbane thought to drive to Noosa. Mm. So it was slightly, it was easier to get a park and it was easier to get it, catch a, a wave and not sort of have every wave, be a party wave. It was great. I do have a small thing to mention. Like, I want to, I want to, like, the trip was great. I will say the trip was great. Uh, people don't like hearing about that. Like, the one the one thing that was very dismaying that happened uh, to me on Saturday is I was out surfing. It was really, really nice. I was, like, um, really, and I started to, I, like, paddled over to this area, like, really close up next to the, the groin at the beach, yeah. which is sort of very appropriate, actually, for this story. Um <laughs> a, a, a groin is like oh like, dear. like I a don't thing like of, where this is going. A groin is like a thing of uh, rocks. It's like yeah, I don't know. It's spelled G R O Y N. Yeah, not G R O I. Google image groin. Um, it's spelled it, that Google way. Google image groin and not the sexual. Yeah, yeah. well, groin. do whatever you want. If you want. <laughs> um, who are we to tell? Yeah, you? so I, I was like floating there. I was like, oh, this is a good spot. Um, and then. I was lying on my board and like right in front of me, like three inches in front of me, floated up a uh, adult sized, I will say, turd. Someone had taken a, uh, just a straight up aqua dump. An aqua dump. Who does that? At the first? Grind. Just who does that in a very populated beach with like children and just, every, just everything. And it was just like one of those experiences like where I just looked at it and was like, what, the, what do I... And then I just sort of just like paddled. You would, you would have seen me just you, like pause you... and then paddle across the back of the water like all the way over to the other side of the beach. <laughs> Not the poo water. Yeah, yeah. Anything but the poo water. Oh, man. Yeah. Just do just Why? Why? Who does that, Peter? Who does that? Anyway, that was my weekend. Apart from that, it was, it was all great. I did fucked you, up my hand you, a little didn't bit. Did you break your surfboard? I, I, I broke a little bit of the back of the surfboard. I was holding onto the surfboard and pulling it down because the board was in between me and the beach, sort of behind me. And, the and, there, there, and, and also in between me and the beach was a bunch of learners. Um, so I, I held the back of the board so I didn't go off and hit one of them Yeah. and pulled it down. Because uh, if you pull the back of the board down into the water, it doesn't sort of get taken away by the, by the wave as much. So I did that, and then the the back of the board um, shattered in my hand as oh, I good. did that. So that sort of fucked up my hand a little bit, and um, and broke the back of the board. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. Anyway, anyway, the beer we're drinking this week oh, is another Newstead Brewing Co. beer. And yeah, so that one not... was three quarter session time hour that we had. Yeah, this one we're having the main thing 
golden ale. Mm-hmm. Um, Main spell M-A-Y-N-E. Like the lion. Like the lion. And do you want to read off the blurb, Peter? Because, first of all, I think they could have stopped with it. With, isn't with isn't the... lion's mane spelled M-A-N-E? I don't know. I think it is just spelled M-A-N-E. Something for the future. I think it's so like Google. main main as in like the the the, the everyone else knows but main. us now because yeah. they've they've googled it because they've googled it anyway 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 yeah they should um, really stop so, at the so first this one line. certainly does not disappoint in terms of the label like you know you know how much we love our labels in yeah uh, at a beer with Sam Peter this one says uh, power money gold it all depends on how you use it right or maybe how you got it in the first place. Golden in more ways than one. This ale is your inheritance. Your inheritance. So congratulations. Use it for good, you got, not evil. Your, your grandfather, who you love very, very much, mm. died. And you got a yep. singular stubby of the main thing, golden ale, is your inheritance. It's kind of a mix. It also, yeah, it also says, use for good, not evil. Yeah. Uh, cheers, evil. Sam. Yep. Let's have a try on this one. I have to say it's pretty good. Mm. I've been a fan of... Pretty much everything I've heard from you said. I definitely prefer three quarter time. That's just because I like that kind of powwow stuff. Uh, more Pacific hours. Hmm. What do you reckon? You're doing a lot of mmms, Peter. I, I am doing a lot of mmms. Um, I don't think it's my favorite golden ale that I've ever had. Yeah. Um, I reckon my favorite golden ale is the Lazy Yak, which oh, we've not yeah. had on the podcast yeah. yet, which we need to do at some point. See, I just, um, I just. All pale, all golden owls tend to taste the same for me. It's just sort of like, uh, uh, for me, uh, golden owl in our limited experience of beers that we've had while doing this podcast has been sort of the most beery beer. Mm. It, you know, if I'm like a slider or sort of thing, like golden owls are just right in the center for me. It's just, it's, it's the beery beer. Tastes like beer, doesn't taste like anything else. That's true. Pale ale tastes a lot. <laughs> I mean, it all tastes like beer. I mean, yeah, it all Let's tastes like beer. But, you know, you're drinking like Pacific ale. You know, you're drinking the stuff that's like really fruity and there's like stuff on the other end of the spectrum that's like dark or honey or whatever. I find this to be a bit more towards the sort of stone and wood-ish-ness. Yeah. That's what it kind of tastes like to me. I don't yeah. know. We're out, as we say many times, our beer palate... Yeah, has it's not, growing. It is it's growing. It's maturing over this It is this, maturing. This we've, had ma- we've had many that we've tried. We're definitely um, better than where we started. Like, I, I first of all know that there is such a thing as, as a, a golden ale. ale. As opposed to just a beer. I, yeah, I definitely didn't know that before. Um, or at least I definitely didn't have an opinion mm. on them versus other stuff. So we're getting there slowly. Yeah, I, you can definitely tell that this comes from the Newstead Barranco. Yeah. Like, it tastes... Similar to, to me, it tastes the, like a lesser version of three quarter time. It tastes similar to the three quarter time yeah. session. Now. Yeah, um, um, I wouldn't be able to tell you which one I prefer. I'd have to drink them both in succession to be able to. Well, I definitely prefer fancy. three quarter time. But that's um, just because three quarter time is sort of like stone and wood light. Yeah, or I can't believe it's not stone and wood. So that's why I enjoy it. Traditional malts and wheat combined to create a smooth, rich, and creamy mouthfeel. Creamy mouthfeel. I love that creamy mouthfeel. They really want a creamy uh, mouthfeel. Citra and galaxy hops for flavor and aroma. So fruity, it might almost be good for you. And there's an asterisk. Not good for you. But it doesn't actually show where the asterisk. I'm going to assume it's not actually not good for you. Yeah. <laughs> we had to write somewhere. Literally, uh, actually, it might not almost be good for you. It was a lie. But actually, it's not because it's alcohol. Yeah. Now, uh, accompanying the beer today, yeah, we have, have we have some 
Well, Bonafide Japanese beer snacks. Yeah. These were bought by um, my girlfriend's parents who uh, are big into Japan. And her da- this her up. dad teaches Japanese. Yep. Picked this up while they were there. Um, it's still filled with Japanese air, Peter, because it's all like, you know, pressurized mm. bags. And instead of selecting like any of the bags that tell you what's in them, like like softies, we've been real odd men. Yeah, and we're we picked it. The, they also have these bags where it's just a question mark on the outside. So we've gone with we've gone uh, with the well, question let's, mark. Let's, let's both open our question mark ones. First of all, it's like it's like a seal pack. So it's like an a little explosion of of air. What have you got in yours, Pit? I don't know. Describe it. Let's. Have we both got the same thing? Oh, fuck me. We've got the same thing. We've got the same thing in there. It's all but, they, but there might be different flavors. All right. Let's have a go. I got peanuts. Right. Yeah, peanuts and... Little crunchy things? Yeah. I don't know. Like rice snacks. I'm just letting you know. We're just letting you know. So um, you have somewhere... You, you, you know what you're getting enraged about when you yeah. keep hearing it's crunching. Yeah. You know? That one. Um, Tough love. I mean, these, these, sure, these sure do go well with beer. You know what? Yeah, they do. You know what? I'm rapidly. I would recommend these when eating, when drinking beer. What I wouldn't recommend, what I'm rapidly learning uh, right now, is that we should never eat on the podcast again. No, because it's just going to be a sounds of us eating. Yeah. Um, which I may edit out, but I probably won't. Um, <laughs> We have, oh, well. to have a moment of downtime, so we're eating. Well, you know what, so, dear listener, um, for the next maybe I don't know minute or so, <laughs> while we enjoy our beer snacks, if you're into that sort of um, thing, maybe go and I don't know, find your own beer snack. <laughs> I'm not above for you. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy this direction, Peter. Because we, we're this doing is, this, we're here now. This is definitely the laziest thing we've ever done. No, I approve. No, it is definitely not the laziest thing we've ever done. It was definitely well, certainly not the laziest thing I've ever done. <laughs> All right. I have my first bag. I've got another bag, but I'll save it for a time where you're trying to make a serious point. Mm-hmm. And then I'll start crunching away. Do you want to just try the other flavor? Well, I'll begin. <laughs> you can grab your other flavor and I'll begin so we're not completely ruining the podcast. So, homework movie. Homework movie. Con Air. Con Air. Um, one Nicolas of my... Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage. My favourite Nicolas Cage movie. Um, I mean, I think mine is still definitely National Treasure. So, I think National Treasure is too normy. I think it doesn't utilise Nicolas Cage enough. You know, like, you could have had another actor They play steal that role, the Declaration right? of Independence. Right, yeah, but you could have had someone else who's just, like, not insane play that role... And it, w- it would have been the same sort of movie, you know? And then there are yeah. other Nicolas Cage movies where, like, you know, like, you, you do, you go full, like, um, Kiss of a Vampire, where, like, it's I'm just insanity. It's just insanity. It's unfettered Nicolas Cage. you got to fetter that bloke to make it sort of, sort of okay. I feel like Connie is right in the middle, right? You, it's like this... Yeah, you have Nick Cage. You don't try and, like, write his lines for him or control him too much. You just say, okay... You're, you're, you're Southern. Oh, oh, okay. I guess you're, you're really Southern. You've adopted that accent pretty well. You just be a, you just be like your idea of what a normal Southern person's like, which is obviously not actually what a normal Southern person's like. You go nuts, Nick. 
And then we're just going to build a very normal straight-laced action movie around you. And that's how you make a good Nicolas Cage movie. You got to you got to have Nick Cage be himself and then have like a a straight-faced a straight-faced uh villain or companion. I also think The Rock does this very well. We just get Sean Connery to be just like a basic like action guy or oh, I was locked up and now I'm trying to escape kind of thing. Um, so we have John Malkovich for that in Conair, yeah. I feel like. And it's just like, I don't, it's the kind of movie where if I had a big weekend, um, this would just be the perfect way to, to round it off. Sit down on a Sunday afternoon, you're out of energy. Beverage in hand. I don't want to watch anything that's going to confront me too much. And I'm just, just, just watch Conair. I, it's glorious. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I kind of disagree with the the idea that the movie was built around him. No, no, I, I like, don't think it's built around him. I but like, like he, I think I'm just trying to I, if it, I'm just trying to come up with a blueprint for how to make a Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah, we're going to continue to eat these snacks as well. By the way, <laughs> listeners, <laughs> for the worst episode ever. Um, I'll eat you it is definitely down. dumb. Yeah, we'll do there, it. This there way. is no denying that it is definitely cliche. But man, is it, is it good? Like, you got just about every every cliche you can find. Yeah. The southern gentleman, the wife with the cute daughter. I told if only he hadn't touched the bunny. Yeah. Put the bunny put back the, in the box. Put the bunny in the box. <laughs> um, Easily the best thing. Oh, yeah. You have the 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 um the John Macklin's plays Cyrus the virus. Yep. Because yeah. as it should be, all the criminals enter this movie in sort of like a slow mo. As they, they walk out of a bus with like a bunch of guards, and they like they have this dude who for some reason is only now catching up. Like all the guys in yeah, charge, right, right you John, John Cusack is up right before it starts. Apparently, yeah. they have no idea who's going on playing. Until when they get out and they have this like guy, uh, this lower lower up announcing them as they get out of the bus, this sort of like convict catwalk cut thing where where he's just like, yeah, this is Cyrus the virus, kill more men than cancer, and then it's like, <laughs> and John Malkovich gets out. And I did love how around. I did love how at almost every occasion when it's even remotely. Appropriate possible. to have rock music at this rock there music. Is, there is just like some sweet 80s guitar riffs playing. Yeah. Which I appreciate immensely. Yeah. Um, you know what? We probably should just give a brief synopsis for people who haven't done their homework about what Conair is. So, Conair is Nicholas Cage, comes back from Vietnam. Yeah. Um, He's incredibly southern. It's important to put that out. incredibly southern. And I, I, I can't remember... It's basically sort of just implied loosely that he is some kind of badass for Vietnam as well. Yeah, so Nicolas Cage, he's like, he's in Vietnam and he comes back from Vietnam and he comes back and he's like, his wife works in a bar, so he goes to surprise her at the bar and they're all happy and stuff and his wife is getting harassed by like some drunk people. Daddy's coming home. Yep, daddy's come home. Um, and then the the drunk people get into a bar fight with Nicolas Cage. No, no, they get into a street fight outside in the rain. Yeah, yeah. Classic 80s. Yeah, yeah. Out, yes, it's in the rain, mm-hmm. which is the best. There's like four guys on Nicolas Cage. There's a period in, in film history where all fights 
took place on the street in the rain. <laughs> like right, if you were an action action hero at that period of time, you stepped out of the house. You, you, or it you just were, started raining. You were just hoping that it was sane. <laughs> um, yeah, so he gets in the fight in the rain and he kills a guy because he's Nicolas Cage and he's He uses badass. his like and skills to... He like heals. He does that thing actually where people. It's like a schoolyard thing, you know. Like ever, it's like it's only this for years. It's like a schoolyard like myth. That, yeah, that you could like, if you use the base of your hand because yeah. that's stronger than punching. The heel of your palm. Yeah, the heel of your palm. You can like drive it into something. Drive face. drive up into the like the base of someone's nose and drive it into their brain. Yeah, and that will kill them. Seems to me like that's probably not true. Yeah, um, going back to world. I'm going back. Party sex. Um, yeah, so he does that, and then he goes to jail for killing the guy for manslaughter. And the reason why he goes to jail, and it's not just like self-defense, is because his body is a lethal weapon. Now, to be fair, that's a thing. Um, boxers, if they get into a fight, yeah, they'll uh, be charged with assault with a deadly weapon. Like they were holding a, a hatchet or something. That's a, that's, a, that's a real thing. I don't know if it extends to military people, but... Maybe. I mean, That's definitely not the, the biggest stretch in the film. Yeah. It's one of them, but it's not the yeah. biggest one. This um, is true. What were they going to do, by the way? What, the dudes? Yeah. I don't know, kill Because them. you know what? <laughs> if four dudes attack you in the rain, in the 80s rain, and like they're going to attack you and your wife, and they mean to kill you, doesn't self-defense extend to, in that case, like, if you're a regular dude, I think you could assault them, assault them with a deadly weapon, couldn't you? Probably. I mean, it was the 80s. <laughs> Laws were all over the place. There's Fair cocaine enough. and Fair enough. drugs all over the shop. Fair enough. You may continue with yourself, so it's better I'll continue um, with my peanuts. Yeah. So he's in jail, and he's in jail for like eight years or something. And, Which um, is my fa- actually, that might be my favorite part of the film. It's just the montage of him being in jail. It's working out in jail. Yeah, get, like, getting some jam-filled donuts. Like, there's so many glorious, unnecessary friends, scenes. Makes friends with all the prisoners because he's a he's yep. a wholesome southerner. Yep. Turns out all the other prisoners are black. Yep. Um, because America. Yeah, don't read into that too much. Um, and then. So his wife was pregnant at the time he got sent to jail, and his daughter's born. So he's like writing letters to his wife and his daughter. Oh yeah, what's his daughter's name? I don't know. Fuck if I know. Yeah, but he has a daughter. And if she had like, a cool, if if his daughter had a like was smart, she'd have a cool prison nickname. Because I remember that. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted by my eating. <laughs> weird Japanese fruit snacks they're not fruit snacks they're beer snacks oh, anyway um, could you imagine if this is the one episode where we hit it big you know when someone finds <laughs> us we like wake up tomorrow and there's like a thousand people subscribe to us and um, Sam I can guarantee you that that is not going to be and the that case. means that we have to eat like constantly from now on could... it must be the, it must have been the Japanese snacks <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so he gets, like, he's in jail for eight years, and then he gets released on right. his daughter's birthday, and he's going to yep. go meet her for the first time, and, um, 
the hell is her name? Anyway. <laughs> in order to release him for some reason, they have to take him to a different prison to right. officially release him. Yeah, for so... A reason that's not particularly clear to me. He's getting... He's, and he's going to get flown there. Yeah. On this flight that's run by just a glorious John Cusack. Yeah. I mean, he's not that glorious. He's a bit of a... I lo- I, I don't know. There's something about... John Cusack has played a few of these characters. Mm. They're all the same. And I like them. I don't know. It's just like... It's, it's another 80s thing. So you've got John Cusack, who's the... Uh, Colour-coded, like, dude wearing a white suit. And... And black glasses. And he's the... He's like the police guy that's... Got book smarts. And is therefore hated by everybody else. For, for sort of no real reason. Because, I mean, because it was the 80s and you beat up on nerds. Yep, pretty much. And then there's the other guy who's, you know... Where's the black suit? He's like the tough he's the street D, guy. He's the DEA He agent. just wants to kill all the prisoners, basically. Yeah. He has he has unfettered access to very armed military helicopters and like a like a expensive car for some like reason. Like they're on the they're on the the horn twenty four seven. It seems like. I would just like. What to, are you doing, Petty? I would just like to pause the podcast very and draw puzzled. to your attention that well, we're not pausing. No, we're not pausing. Yeah, I'm just drawing to your attention. These are peanuts, and they're covered in something. Are they, are they peanuts? They're definitely What do peanuts. you think, audio listeners? <laughs> yeah, you What's tell us. Are they peanuts? They're, they are peanuts. Bite one and a half. I don't really... I mean, they look kind of intimidating. I don't know if I want to. Try one. All right. We'll get sick together. I mean, I've already eaten a bunch. Well, they taste all right. They're definitely peanuts. Hmm. Get it together. And it, yeah, yeah, focus up. This could very well be the first episode that we never release. I was going to say this could very well be the end of us. <laughs> that too. Um, yeah, so he's, he's going on this plane um, for some reason. Yeah, it's and it's a, particularly clear. It's a big, it's a, like the, It's a big prison transfer. Yeah, plane. it is the prison plane. It's called Con Air. And um, it usually, this day, apart from him, it's transferred. Well, it's not called Con Air, it's called something else. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. Anyway, you got this big prison plane, and him and his cellmate, who's diabetic, mm. are getting flown on this plane. Just, okay, those guys who were getting released, who were kind of, sort of, maybe kind of civilians. Yeah, and then... And then they're put the together with, half, like, yeah. Yeah, the other half of the plane is getting flown to this new, like, Supermax, Supermax prison. prison. For the worst of the worst of the worst. Yeah. For, like, just the worst people on Earth. Yeah, so, um, it, I mean, it's just those two guys. No, there's a, there's a few more than just Oh, really? Them. Oh, okay. And then so there's, there's like, a bunch, bunch of, of, yeah, bunch yeah. of, like, prisoners who are flying to go get released. Right. Um, like, low low security, medium security prisoners getting flying to go get released. Right. Um, with all these, like, crazy super, super criminal prisoners. Yeah. And then, of course, the plane gets overtaken by the super prisoners and Namely John action Marcus. movie ensues. Yeah. And at the end, Nicolas Cage kills the bad guy. Yep. Amongst amongst just a hail of guitar riffs fire, and power chords. Bullets. Yep. People. There's fire. There's bullets. There's Las Vegas. There's no nudity. <laughs> There's no nudity, which I was surprised oh, by, yeah. and I hadn't actually realised until now. So it's got almost all the elements of a fantastic 80, 80s action movie, except no nudity. There'd be like almost no opportunity for nudity, to be fair. 
I um, feel like they could have had the plane crash into like a strip club or something in Las Vegas. That does sound pretty good. That does sound exactly like the kind of thing that this movie would do. Yep. Anyway, that happens. Nicholas Steve Cage Buscemi says, is also in this film. Steve Buscemi is in the film. As like the real, kind of a really psychotic mass murderer. There's a guy from Lost in the film. So the guy that plays Swamp Thing, the plane driver. Yeah. He's he's actually he's, a really great he's character. He's one of the others in Lost. Yeah. He's kind of like this trailer trash guy who was actually quite smart and he's been training secretly to fly the plane. Yeah. Or he, or he's a pilot or something. Yeah. Um, I think they said that, that he does like like fan boats oh, in okay. Mississippi. Yeah, fan boat. Fan boat. Plane. And therefore he can fly a plane. Same thing. I understand that logic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, the, and I mean, that's the movie. That's that's, that's, that's as much of a synopsis as we can do. And it's fucking great. Yeah. If you want to just sit there and eat beer snacks oh, and yeah. drink beer. That's a good That's a Here's the way to go. Wow. And that's the film. <laughs> and that's the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> what are these? All right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, you know what? For a podcast where we drink, like as part of our gimmick, we drink. It's the food that sort of got us off track. Yeah. Weirdly. I kind of like it though. Have you tried these ones? No. You know what? We're on this wild adventure of just... People listening to I us. I mean, this isn't going to be funny. Eat. This isn't going to be entertaining. I think this is going to be fucking great. Nah. You watch. I beg to differ. Um. <laughs> anyway, do you have anything else to say about Conair? Are these peanuts as well? Jesus. <laughs> not really. They're not peanuts. Um. Other than, it's my favourite Nicolas Cage movie. What's yours? Uh, my favourite Nicolas Cage movie is definitely. Uh, the Rock. The movie... No, no, no. Because The Rock's pretty fucking no, good. No, no, no. It is the movie in which Nicolas Cage must steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> it is National Treasure. Okay. Okay. That is one of those movies that I watched, like, heaps as no. a kid. See, I... But I also, I never it think is I've... peak Nicolas Cage. It, it's not peak Nicolas Cage, no. but it's pretty Nicolas Cage. I don't think of National Treasure is a Nicolas Cage movie. I think mean, that's why I didn't really think about it. Because it was such a mainstream success. You know they made two of those? I do. The second one was called Book of Secrets. Pretty bad. I watched yeah. that one. Yeah. His dad's in it. Like they do oh, the yeah. Indiana Jones 3 thing. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> what an actor. What a fucking episode. Anyway, we've talked about this. Jesus we've rambled on about this for, for far too long. We have. Um, and, and we mean ramble. Yeah, so we've got a few other things we want to talk about. Yeah, because so I don't know how many people, how many of them will actually get to. We're sort of building up this list that seems to just keep hanging over. Yeah. But one thing that we did want to talk to, we talk about uh, last episode was the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. And so, we didn't get to that, so. Yeah, so. Peter actually bought one. Yeah, sort of just as like a complete, complete impulse purchase. And because I just started a new job and stuff. Yeah. I've. Decided that I would go and spend some of my first paycheck on a Nintendo Switch. Um, Sound investment? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, because there's not really any other games that I want yeah. to play on it. Breath of the Wild. That have been announced so far. And you the- essentially bought Zelda Breath of the Wild, right? Like, that's yeah. that's the only reason anyone's bought a Switch, I think. Yeah. Probably. Zelda Breath of the Wild, and there'll be a Mario game at some point. But I've got... Yeah. Like, really, I have not had any interest in any Nintendo games. Yeah. 
um, except for Pokemon. Now, last episode we did we did demonstrate the uh, the, the only sort of audio only kind of podcasty thing that we could show you about the the yeah, device. Yeah, so the Nintendo Switch, like it, its interface and menus and stuff are very rudimentary and very basic. Yeah, it also is missing a bunch of features that you would just in this day and age. Yeah. For a home console or even a handheld console, you would just expect it to have. From what you've but shown it's me, Nintendo. From it's what you've shown me, they so. just they've they've done what they've always done. They've they've really Nintendo this one as well. Where you know, like for the Wii's big problem was the fact that it was so innovative. Like they were so focused on coming up with um, that new Nintendo product. You know, the one the the console that stands apart from PlayStation and Xbox because it's really different. So like the Wii, you know, we had the, the, the nunchucks and the Wii remotes and it was all totally different and it was so hard to make a game for it because you had to tailor a game specifically for it that sort of no games got released for it. Or at least no like really big titles. Big, yeah. big titles. Um, and I think there possibly will be a few more released yeah. on this one but it is certainly not as powerful as the PlayStation 4 yeah. or the Xbox One even in their initial um iterations compared to like the PlayStation 4 Pro and yeah. the Xbox Slim and the new Xbox whenever that comes out. It's still uh, much more similar to other consoles of its generation than the Wii was. Yeah, it's certainly a step forward from the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 generation yeah. and even a step forward from the Wii U. Yeah. Um, and it's not doing nunchucks, it's just got a bunch of different funky ways to click it together and, and play it. The big gimmick this time is kind of an iteration on the Wii U, which the big gimmick with that was you could use all your Wii stuff, but also it came with a tablet controller, mm-hmm. which was basically just a tablet, um, and it had like controller built into the sides of it. Yeah. This one is, I think, the sort of logical next step from that, where it is a console that you can connect to your TV, so it has a charging base and stuff, which can connect to your TV, so you can play it on your TV, yeah. or you can switch it up, and pull it, it has a like the actual console itself yeah. is a tablet which you just click into that um, into that port. Actually, I wanted to ask you about uh, that particular whole deal. You know how you click it when you click it onto the stand; it's it's on your TV and stuff. Um, because one thing that I did notice about this, or I haven't bought a Switch, um, uh, just to be clear, but. Um, I have watched a lot of people play Breath of the Wild uh, on it because mm. it's a very satisfying game to watch. It's, it, it looks phenomenal. And the biggest issue that they were having, like, they, like all the guys that I saw were uh, really wanting to play Breath of the Wild handheld mm. versus clicked into the screen because the Switch works really well, like supporting the graphics level that it has when you handheld. Yeah, but when you click it into the stand, one of the things it does do is it is it ups the quality or it tries to up the quality of the game for the screen, and people have been complaining that when they click it in to the screen, they're experiencing frame drops and stuff like that. Uh, so have you seen that? To that, I would say that the game does have frame rate problems, um, but you have to really consider that this is running on mobile hardware. So this is running yeah. on, this is a portable gaming system. But that, that's what they like, were saying, that the mobile, when you play it as a mobile game, it's fine. It's the fact that it's mobile hardware no, trying I, to do a TV's no, job. No, that's not the case. It, a, has this, it has the same frame rate problems you reckon? playing in the handheld mode as it does to playing it on the TV. Okay. 
Legend of Zelda is a incredibly ambitious game and incredibly, I would say, very different to previous Zelda titles that have been released. Yeah, I mean, I really want to play it, and I've never wanted to play it. Yeah, exactly. Like watching videos of this game, uh, I had I had absolutely no anticipation for this game, but I watched a couple of videos, watched like a couple of hours of gameplay, and that completely sold me and convinced me to buy this. This is so interesting. It's this massive open world. It has an amazing art style. It has this massive open world. Um, you can navigate the real world really. Yeah, it really has really well, cool ways for traversal, which is like, which is really important in those games. You can climb almost any surface, yeah. and you can you have like a gliding thing that you can use. Oh and yeah, you can ride horses. And <laughs> so I, was, I know that sounds all really basic, but it just it, it just, just looks it, so good in motion. Yeah, I am um, on the hang glider point though. I've been watching a lot of um, Breath of the Wild and playing a lot of Horizon Zero Dawn, which scratches a lot of the same itches. Mm. Um, although it's, you know, it's got different things, but, um, <laughs> I did have that moment where I ran off a cliff yeah, and died and lost all my, lost my progress up to my last save because I was somehow was in breath of the wild mode because it's such the same, it's have, like an exploring, exploring you have been watching a lot of breath so of I the ran wild. off the edge of this cliff, jumped and realized that you could just rise and bottom. I didn't have a glider and I just died. Uh, that's oh, how Sam. much I've been yeah, oh, watching Sam, this. You but, moron. And that's how similar they are as well, though. Like, there's, mm. It's very much the same thing. You you go out there, it's an open world, you go and explore things. It's not about the main... You know, it's not just about the main story. It's about finding all these secrets, exploring the world. Yeah. Um, one of the really cool stuff. things about Zelda Breath of the Wild, and one of the things that I think really convinced me to actually get it, is it is an open world game, but you have to discover everything yourself. So, yeah. like, there are the classic Assassin's Creed thing where you go and you unlock towers and it opens up the map. Oh, right. But it doesn't actually spawn any of the icons on the map, so you can't actually see where things are. The only way to do that is to go up to the top of a tower and actually physically look out through your binoculars and yeah. mark them all on the map yourself yeah. and go and discover it yourself. So, what that kind of does is... It sort of means that there's something new and cool to discover at, around every corner. Yeah. Like, and because of that, you want to go and do a bunch of the weird exploration shit just yeah. for just for the fun of the exploring. Um. So it's, it's, so like there might be a, a mountain, and you just say, "Oh yeah, I can probably climb that. I'm going to go try and do it." And there might be something yeah. cool at the top. So you might climb up the side of a of a sheer cliff, and up the top there's you fight like a big rock boss monster thing. Or you might climb up to the top of the mountain and you get a... The, uh, up the top of this one mountain, there was this uh, like target shooting mini game that you had yeah. to do that you get a, a expansion for your inventory for doing. But to, like have, to give you an insight as to how good the traversal is in this game, um, in, that, in those situations, like just I think, I think it was Miley Cyrus. In the immortal words of Miley Cyrus, it's the climb. Uh, that uh, is, is is that is Miley Cyrus? I think it is. Is the climb. is it Katy Perry? You know what? I've never actually listened to the song. Neither have I. But but you know what? Something like that. In the immortal words of someone who I don't like listening to, it's the climb. It really like it really is. In that instance, uh, the thing that I certainly get the most out of when I'm uh, just a, someone who's watching mm. someone stream like uh, Breath of the Wild is I I I, I like watching them work out how the best way to get up this this mountain. And I sort of almost don't give a shit what they find at the, at the top most of the time. I just like the exploration. Yeah. Because it's so satisfying the way they get around. Yeah, and, and it's just it's just such an 
open game and there's so many different ways that you can do everything. Yeah. It's very good about in the first hour, it gives you all the tools you're ever going to get for solving puzzles. Because yeah. one of the big things about Zelda is solving dungeons and puzzles. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, they give you all of the possible different things. So you can basically go and do whatever you want, solve stuff however you want. You can, it, like, having all the different powers allows you to fight enemies in a bunch of different ways. And yeah. you can come across a thing and it'll just be some, some like, random little thing that might lead to a puzzly something that you get something out of. Yeah. And there's just a bunch of different ways to do it. And it, it is that open world. It For the first Zelda game that has been properly open world, it just nails it in a way that I'm incredibly surprised by. Oh yeah, it's, considering that it comes from Nintendo. It, I think it was. I think it was way out of left field. This game and and yeah, I, like Nintendo people were incredibly excited about it. Yeah, but I think it really has defied expectations in terms of. It, I mean, it convinced me who has no interest in any Nintendo games except for Pokemon. Yeah, like no interest in Mario. And and I think. I would try to avoid comparing this to Horizon Zero Dawn, which is a game I'll talk about next episode, I think. But it has, it's really done a lot of the same things, you know, down to, um, you know, just, just uh, well, down, down to all those little aspects that, that have been made interesting again, that have always been around in open world games. But yeah, anyway, back to Yeah, we'll just, talk about that game next week. Yeah, we'll talk about episode. that next week. Just summarizing about Nintendo Switch, I don't. No, if I would recommend people get the Nintendo Switch just for this game. Oh, it's such a tough one, isn't it? It, it is it's a very a, it's tough one. It's an amazing one. game. What I really hope is that they uh, stop making games for the 3DS and the next Pokemon game is on the Nintendo Switch. And then that everyone can really buy them. Cool. you got those, those two things. Yeah. But it's... Yeah. Just the power of the Switch compared to the 3DS yeah. is a pretty big jump. So just to see what they could do. Like, they, they have managed to eke an incredible amount out of the 3DS. Yeah. For the most recent Pokemon game, it would be pretty cool to see. Now, I was thinking about this. I have a market that I want to actually suggest this game to. Uh, and that's the same same market I fell into. So, I've been planning to this, this trip. Zelda. Yeah, I've been planning this trip. Uh, at the end of the year, I'm going to be going to England and all around Europe. And it's going to be a, a whole big deal. And for me, I, ha- I, I really like seeing places, but I hate travel. Like the actual flying and everything. I really dislike and it's going to be a lot of flights and trains and shit like that. Um, like hours and days of it. And I might just buy a Switch just for that because it's it's so much better to have that to play. A real sort of like 3D, just a game game. It's not a dumbed down game. You know, all the other... If you, if you buy a DS and you buy a, an adventure game on it, it's always sort of like a caricature... Like There's a dumbed-down version of a game that you would play on the, on the Xbox or, or whatever. Like, it's not the it's, same. I don't think that's necessarily always the case, but there is there is uh, definitely limitations yeah. to these games. It's I the mean, kind of I game mean, where Sam, you can lose you can, as you much time like, as you want. You can play, like, console games from back on the Xbox era and PlayStation 2 games on the on yeah. like your iPad and, yeah. and on your iPhone and stuff. Like, but this kind of, thing, this get, kind of thing gives me a new game. That is really big that I can just sink a lot of time to. If you're if you're planning a like a jet setter kind of travel uh, thing at some point, then maybe yeah, the maybe only, the you only might, thing is, might um, purchase this. Yeah, it's not. It's it's everything about it is kind of a bit expensive. 
because yeah. it is this weird modular console. You can control there are an incredible number of different ways it can be controlled. Yeah, I think that's kind of this. The other thing I would say about using it as a portable system, it doesn't have a lot of battery life, and I don't know if currently there is a way to charge it on the go. There's a battery pack or or something. Because it it weirdly requires a very high what I've from what I've heard, it weirdly requires a very high voltage Mm -hmm. for charging. Um, and it only has about three hours, three or four hours of battery life. Yeah, I I remember running going camping with the Xbox 360. Xbox 360 actually has a uh, inverter in it that uh, takes your 240 volt hmm. converts it to and it converts it to 12 or actually I think it's it's the same as a TV well, it has it's that, about it has 13 that, point something it has that big power brick yeah and that big power brick gets it all the way down to about 13 point something volts and that's, yeah, that's actually where, what it runs whereas on. the switch charges with USB-C or something like the new USB yeah. standard so it's a, it's a bit weird like that, I think. Um, I'm not sure exactly how to go. On a plane and stuff, you usually have a PowerPoint anyway, so that will probably be fine. Yeah. But anyway. I don't know. Anyway. anyway. It's something that will be worked out over the coming months. By the end of the year, it'll um, be... I'm sure they'll possible. come up with something. I mean, that seems like one of the, actually, one of the only problems with it at the moment, other than the frame rate um, yeah. issues. Anyway. Uh, we need to move on to another topic. Yeah, how, we have probably our been, final topic. We've been just... Bloody rambling all over the that's place. Fine. It's, that's fine. Uh, that's what you pay us for, but you don't pay us. It's just what yeah, we before, do. Before we get into this topic, I'm going to very, very super quickly mention, I watched all of uh, the latest Marvel show, Iron I'm Fist, just over so the weekend. I would, my, my just like two seconds on it is, I thought it was better than Luke Cage, worse than the other two. Yeah. Um, it was okay. The main problem with it is it's a bit all over the place in terms of tone and plot. Yeah. Um, it's just it's it's a weird it's a weird one to recommend. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'll try and talk about it in a bit. Well, more you know what I'll week. do is I'll I'll watch it or at least start watching it. Yeah. And see if I like it, it, and then we'll we'll have a better conversation about it. What I wanted to spend the last um section of the podcast talking about this week is Logan. Yeah. Um, a movie that that I really really enjoyed. Um, and uh, it, it is the Wolverine movie that people have been asking for and hoping for it's, for 10 years it's a very like, Wolverine movie I think that's one of the things that it, it that, was, that was probably the most the thing that satisfied me the most about this movie is that it's um, it really captures the tone of the character I think this movie wouldn't have gotten made without Deadpool uh, mm-hmm. being successful because you know, part of that is I mean it's rated R in the US part of it is this like there's a lot of violence in it and that's necessary it is properly violent yeah which is like, important it is incredibly violent. and I, I think that i think the violence in this movie has purpose yeah um because so to me that the, the, tone, it, of, the it def- tone of this movie definitely sets a certain tone yeah I, I i've i've read i've read it i haven't i'm not obsessed i i've certainly probably read uh some other superhero comics i've read a lot of spider-man um but but i, I i've read a, some x-men mm. enough to have an opinion on it and to me, this like the tone was just really Wolverine in terms of the movie. It was, it was this experience, and for the and like if you watch the movie, you had these same feelings. It was it was an experience that was that was. I would describe it as very almost very, almost devoid of the you know that there wasn't much hope to be found. It, it was very it, melancholic. It felt raw and 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 violent at times, and you felt hopeless sometimes. And then there were these moments of. Very, very simple uh, levity. There were these moments of just uh, that were really nice and 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 happy. It was it was 
for me it was it was you felt how I imagine Wolverine to feel as he goes through goes through his life. Just a lot of raw stuff. Yeah. Mostly so, bad, but sometimes good. Yeah, so quick plot synopsis. It's set in the future. It's yeah. like Slightly in the Wol- future. Wolverine. It's like old man Wolverine. Yeah. And he's looking after Patrick Patrick Stewart and um Who has some, some kind more, of degenerative brain disease. Yep. So he's like He's just basically dead weight. Um it, it's basically like Professor X he basically gets dementia or some degenerative Yeah, Professor X gets disease. is it has some degenerative brain disease that, that causes him to have uh, seizures and when he does that he um gets close to sort of killing everyone around him and, and that's what's happened to the x-men i think they, they, they explain. i thought it, i thought it was that the mutants all got like a bunch of mutants died like they killed off most of the mutants well if you want to this might be spoiler i guess but but um just to clarify just to clarify uh, i did sort of do a bit of digging afterwards and essentially um the the scientist, like sort of evil scientist you do in this movie, um, put something into the food supply that's suppressed the mutant gene from from, from coming out in new people. So right. there's going to be no okay. new mutants. There are still a bunch of mutants, but uh, there was an incident at the school um, that's briefly mentioned, really briefly sort of in the background, um, mentioned once sort of early on and by, by Charles because he's trying to remember it and nothing sort of happens. And then once on the radio, um, in the car when they're driving, and on the radio it mentions how hundreds of people, presumably at the school, were seriously injured, and um, seven, I think, members of the X Men. It says the X, and then it cuts out the the, the X Men were killed by the, the incident. So I, I I think Charles killed most of the X Men is what happened. Right. Yeah, it never quite makes that clear. Yeah, and, and it's never not, it's quite. Really it's never really necessary. Yeah. Yeah, but basically, um, Weapon X stuff happens, and Wolverine has to, has to go on the road. Yeah, and that's kind of the movie. I don't really want to say yeah. much more than that, but like, no. it is just such. It's not really much. It doesn't really feel like a superhero movie. It's like a road no, and movie. I think that's why X Men like shines. It's a proper movie. That's, like, it's that's, not a dumb superhero movie. Yeah. It's a proper good. But that's film. always where X Men shined. It was the 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 moments that were the, were the least superhero comicy that were, were were the really good moments in X Men. It was either all about talking about like um, just dealing with regular interpersonal issues and relationships or stuff, or acting as a way for for people to talk about prejudice to, to, to younger people. Yeah. And, and both of these happen in, that, in this movie. That it's all. entirely a film that stands by itself. Yeah. It has some connection to the previous X-Men movies in that um, Patrick Stewart is reprising his role as Professor X. Yep, yep. And uh, Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. But really, the, the whole X-Men continuity is so garbled and weird at this point yeah. that... You should just watch this movie, even if you've seen none of the other ones. You should just watch this movie and treat it as its own it's, thing. It's that because tone it is, is totally entirely, different. It is entirely yeah. that, and it just works so well. And it doesn't even feel like the other movies. Yeah, like, it's, it's just it that has one. such a different feeling, For and me- it's just it's just so good. Oh. I don't want to say much more about it than that. Yeah. Just just watch like, it. Just unreservedly, I think both you and I can recommend this movie. It defies expectations for what. From the X Men movies that came before. Oh, yeah, well. And it's just so worth seeing. That's all we've got time for this week. Yes, we're running over time. It's Uh, my fault. The homework movie that we're going to watch next week is. Yes, the homework movie this week is going to be um, The Way Back. Uh, Not to be confused with The Way Way Back, 
Which is also a good movie. No, but the way the way back is um, it's one of those movies that people often cite as being one of the you know like the like what you should watch on Netflix got things, and it's the only one that's actually available in Australian Netflix. So we thought we'd try it out. Um, I've heard I've heard a fair bit about this movie. I never actually watched it. You haven't heard about it. It's about prisoners of war in World War Two. Yeah, it's about it's a true story about these POWs in World War Two who escaped and tried to make it all the way back home and walked through like a whole lot of shit that could should have killed them to, to get there. Deserts, the Himalayas, all that shit. It's got Colin Farrell in it and Ed Harris, two actors that I really like. So um, that's what we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about next week. Yeah, and maybe maybe we we might. Might not be eating anything and being a little bit. Yeah, silly. we'll get it back together next week. Maybe every ten episodes or something, we should just go hog wild and just like I don't know. We should eat. Or rib- may- maybe we should just never do this again. In another ten episodes, we'll eat ribs, and it'll be even worse. No, I don't, I don't think horrible so. Horrible. Anyway, noises. anyway, like us on Facebook, <laughs> follow us on Instagram. Uh, Those are the two important ones. SoundCloud. Well, no, the important ones are iTunes and SoundCloud. Oh yeah, so where yeah. you can just find us by searching a beer with Sam and Peter. Um, this has been fun. Kind of. I've had actually a great time uh, if, just eating peanuts and stuff. You've done a very good job if you've managed to stick around this long. Uh, and and that's that's that. That's podcast us. That's, is that's over us. That's now. I'm gonna eat, I'm gonna eat some more peanuts. Uh-huh.